use too many pronouns and you will steal the life out of immediacy and characterization. Taylor Stephens, the New York Times bestselling and award-winning author of the kick-ass Vanessa Michael Monroe thrillers and the forthcoming Jack and Jill thrillers. And this is the Taylor Stephens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are kicking writing in the butt one word at a time. We need to spend an entire show working through the intro because it's just, it's (laughs) not, it doesn't resonate with me. It's just not smooth enough yet. Do you think we could do, think we could do a whole show on that? No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this week's show is the Hack the Craft episode, which means there's video involved. You can find the video at patreon.com slash taylorstevens, or you can find the link to the video in the show notes for this episode at taylorstevensshow.com. Taylor, over to you. We are continuing our series that we started last week. Uh, Looks like this will be three, maybe a four-part series, and we've got a lot of work to do today. We do. So where we left off, well, to take us all the way back to the beginning, we have a request that came in from one of our listeners with this submitted material to show how to convert a piece from first-person present tense to third-person past tense. And I've never done this before, so I'm learning as I go, and you guys can learn from my mistakes. Um, We discussed the pros and cons in in the first part of this. We discussed the pros and cons of first versus third and so forth. And in the next one, we actually used the first paragraph of this piece as a showcase of what it would look like in the different tenses, first person present tense, first person past tense, third person present tense, and third person past tense to give a visual idea of what we're actually looking at and what words we're changing to make those conversions. Now, we know that it's really easy to get lost in the tenses. So as we go through this, um, you know, I might have goofed up. I might have missed stuff as I was working through the later parts of the changes, I saw places that I was like, ooh, yeah, I didn't even see that when I was starting out. So um, hopefully I'll remember and I can highlight them to you so you can see how easy it is to miss things. And we're gonna, I'm gonna walk you through my process of what I did, the steps I took, the searches that I did to make this conversion. Now, we're working with about 800 words of material, which is a lot to keep reading over and over and over again. So we're going to skip a lot of the reading over and over again. And we're not going to read the full piece until we get to where as many of the corrections that could be changed in just a simple conversion were changed so that we can see what it's like as third person past tense. And from there, we will move on and do line editing. Did I get that all right? Sounds good to me. Yes. So we've got this broken out into like six steps and it's the reading is going to take place somewhere in the middle of the fourth step, I think. Yeah. Okay. So my first step, if I can get my screen to do what I need it to do, my first step was just find and replace. Now, basically, I used this, the it's, I did this in Microsoft Word, and I used space search term space 
for all of my searches. And this was to avoid the collateral damage of having unrelated words accidentally changed. For example, without spaces as part of that process, the word me, when replaced with her, would create ho-her out of what had once been home, right? Because it's just, it's going to auto, if there's no spaces, it's just going to find the me. Doing the space search term space, it also creates its own set of problems because there's never a space before the search term at the start of a paragraph. And there are a couple other times where it doesn't catch it with the spaces. And so those are going to get missed particularly with words like I or I've, and those are all going to have to be hunted down manually. So just because you're doing a find and replace, it doesn't mean like you're good to go. You still got to pour over that thing backwards and forwards to make sure things didn't get missed. Here's my find and replace process. This is what I did. Um, I'm going to give you my searches. So the first thing I did, since we're going from first to third, is I searched for all the I's and converted them to she's. But that brought a couple of issues. The first issue is that I is always capitalized, but she is only capitalized at the beginning of sentences. So whether the conversion is done as I to she lowercase or I to she uppercase, there are gonna be instances throughout where the capitalization has to go in and be fixed. Now, I ran this one before thinking about that, and I ran it with uppercase. But if I could redo it, I would have gone and done lowercase because I think the situations where the, it would be less work to fix lowercase she's than uppercase she's. The second issue that I ran into is that even in third person, you still use I in dialogue. And so this search is replacing them all with she, and so the dialogue all has to go get manually reverted. Now, I was only working on 800 words of material-ish. If I was converting an entire book, I would do it one chapter at a time because the, the amount of, the, the chances of messing something up in the whole book gets minimized by only doing it a chapter at a time. The second search I did was I've to she'd. And this is because we're going from first present to first past. So um, the second, the issue that I ran in with this is that I've is also still used in dialogue. And this is going to replace them all with she'd. So we've got the same issue. We're going to have to go back in and manually revert those changes. The third search I did was me to her. And then I had to sub-search those because me is a word that ends a lot of sentences or is followed by commas quite often, and none of those are going to get caught by space search space, space word space. So I sub-searched me, uh, like space, me, period, space, and space, me, comma, space, and I changed those to her period and her comma. My fourth search was changing my to her. And this also created a dialogue issue because even in third person, we still use my in dialogue and that meant manual reversions. The fifth search was it's to it was. And this didn't catch any it's that started a sentence, 
And when you combine this with a few other um, searches, one of the other searches specifically, it created funny syntax like it was her sister. And those are easy to miss if you're just reading through it really fast. So you have to actually be on the lookout for those types of things. Now, I ran this search of converting it's to it was because contractions make it more confusing to stay in the correct tense. So I felt that by uncontracting them, it would make it easier for me to find the incorrect tenses and, and stay consistent. But it's is sometimes used in dialogue, and that makes for some really awkward sentences, spoken sentences, so those also have to be manually reverted. I searched, I then turned it is to it was. That was simple, and that was part of the reason why I did the conversion of it's to it was. I also searched for is and changed that to was. Now, a search that I was going to do and um, I wouldn't recommend doing, I think this one I actually did and wish I hadn't, is are to were. And this is a tense issue. If you were going first present to third present, I don't think this would be even in the equation, but we're going into past tense, and so we need to go to were. But R seems to be used in dialogue more than it's used in narrative, at least in this piece. So it probably would have been better to just skip it and convert the R's to were manually as needed. My eighth search was to convert am to was. I am to I was, but then that will eventually be converted to she was. Um, search nine, I'm to she was. This is another contraction, but instead of uncontracting it first, I just did a direct search and replace. But I found that the word I'm is used, seemed to be used in dialogue more than in the narrative itself. So I probably should have just left it alone and replaced it manually. Would have been less work. Search 10 was a little bit complicated, and I, I ended up not doing it. And that was with the words have, had, and has. Because in, in present tense and past tense, we, we, flip the, we flip have to had. But there are are other ways that those words are used that don't follow that rule directly. And so, and especially when it gets into dialogue, it's complicated. So although it can be done, I chose not to do it. I don't think I would recommend anybody doing that search because it's just going to complicate the job. And then the last search that I ran was isn't to wasn't. And that basically covered the biggest of the, um, the, the past and present and the first person to third person um, issues. Those uh, 11 searches, but really there were fewer because there were some that would have been better to skip. Now, there were some pronouns that I didn't mess with because, because there weren't that many of them and because sometimes they were situational. But just like in first person, you have I, and we're going to convert that to she, um, a lot of times people will use we or us 
in the first person, and those have to be used to to be converted to they or them or whatever. But because they're so situational, I didn't feel comfortable doing those types of searches. I just wanted to go in and do them manually. It didn't take a whole lot of time to do that. What did take time were the next steps. So step three was to fix the verbs and to highlight what needed manual correction. Now, the reason that I only highlighted what needed to be manual correction was because it's easy to get lost in the corrections if you're just doing them one at a time and then going and finding the next one. So we're not going to read this entire piece here, but for those who are seeing it on the screen, you can see that I've highlighted out the verbs that needed to be changed from present tense to past tense. And this, we're going to make this available so that you can actually examine it um, from the, at your own time if you want to see the verbs. And you can see the highlights on the screen that there were some places that the changes that need to be fixed, that it's was her sister. You have capitalized sheets in the middle where it used to be I. You can see some words didn't get capitalized where they should have been capitalized. Um, just there's a lot of that in there. And all I was going through it was to find it so that when it was time to do the fixing, it was all there and ready to go. So the next step, step four, is when I actually went in and did the cleanup. Now, I wasn't messing with any words um, as far as like line editing or anything like that. All I was doing was cleaning things up. And that's, this is where we're actually going to read the piece now, the sort of cleaned up version where the tenses have been changed, the verbs have been changed, and, and I left them highlighted so we could see which ones they were that I had to fix and clean up. But before we get into that, we need to get it to have a little um, detour discussion about proper nouns and pronouns. This is sort of a... Um, it will probably end up being its own little hack the craft module because it's really important to keep in mind and it's particularly pertinent to this issue of writing in first person. So proper nouns are words we use when something or someone has been given a name that belongs to them. For example, in this piece, Fiona is a proper noun, as is Elaine, Tilly, Tilka, Alaska, and proper nouns are always capitalized. Pronouns are words that can, among other things, and for the sake of this discussion, they substitute for proper nouns. And these are words like she, her, us, they, etc. And they're only capitalized when they start a sentence. Now, both proper nouns and pronouns are necessary to effectively tell a story. But on the page, there's a very finely tuned dance that goes on between them. You need proper nouns to avoid confusion as to who's doing what and who's speaking. But if you use too many of them, then the structure begins to feel very stiff and formal. And pronouns fill that gap. They help to soften the formality. They're easy to use because they mimic our natural way of speaking. Unfortunately, that ease of use and familiarity also hides an insidious danger to your writing. 
use too many pronouns and you will steal the life out of immediacy and characterization. And this happens for three main reasons. The first is unnecessary words and passive voice. There's a necessary and persistent little word that has a tendency to litter our pages, often adding uselessly to our word count and pushing us into passive voice without us even realizing it. And that word is was. Now, think of an author whose writing you admire for its elegance, which is saying a lot as simply as possible and with as few words as possible, for their emotional intensity and overall lack of grit. Now, go count the instances of was that show up on one of their pages. And now, do the same thing on a book you had to stop reading because it was so poorly written or because it felt amateur or cheaply done. And you're going to likely notice a consistent difference with the number of times was shows up on the page. And this ties to pronouns because unless you're really careful, grammar will force you, often force you, into pronoun plus was syntax. So was is usually a harp and was is also usually a harbinger of pass- passive voice. Can I jump in here with an example? Yes. And I've, I don't know if I pronounced that last word correctly because I only know words through reading. So I apologize. Anyway, yes. Example. Anyway, the example, because it's much easier to do like searches, word searches on comparing things, which is hard to do with some of your favorite authors uh, in books. But when one of your favorite authors is sending you things in Word documents that you can search on. <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> I was going through uh, one of my, a, a sample of my writing one time, and it just seemed to me like there were way too many instances of the use of the word was. And I thought, well, I need something to compare it to. So I grabbed something that Taylor had sent me. And I think I did like maybe three chapters or something like that. It was a significant portion. And I counted the number of the word was in her writing, compared it to mine. And it was, I think mine was a factor of 10 higher. No, really? That many? I think it was that. It might have been four, but I think it was 10. And then I, so I just started carving and cutting and carving and cutting and carving and cutting. And then I think I got it to the point where it was like, twice as many. And I felt pretty good about that. That is really good. And I just want to say was is a necessary word. You cannot cut out all instances of was, but it's a, it's a cheap word. In many, many cases, we use it unnecessarily, but it takes skill and time and effort to rewrite, to avoid overusing it. And you're, you cannot fail, but you cannot help but to improve your writing if you are trying to eliminate overusing the word was. Okay. The second reason that overuse of pronouns is going to steal the life and and immediacy and characterization from your writing is because of confusion. You put too many pronouns too closely together, and they're going to blur a sense of who's doing what. The third, and this is one I've never heard anybody else talk about, and it's so small but so important and so easy, is possession. We also use pronouns to denote possession, her bike, her book, her phone. But every time we give possession of an item to a character, we take it away from the reader. And when we take it away from the reader, it creates a layer of distance between reader and the story. 
we give possession of the thing to the reader by replacing the pronoun, the bike, the book, the phone. In doing this, we lose absolutely nothing in terms of clarity, yet with each replacement, we exponentially strengthen the writing and emotional impact. And this is an incredibly simple tool that's near universally overlooked because when we're already liberal in our pronoun use, we become blind to the ways they're not even needed in the first place. So this discussion on proper nouns versus pronouns ties directly into this piece specifically because of the way writing in first person makes it so easy to rely on I, me, my to delineate the point of view character as separate from the other characters. But when we convert them from first to third, there's no longer a crutch to hide this limp and over-reliance on pronouns becomes glaring. So in this step, this fourth step, all we're doing is correcting the tenses and that and the find, replace, search, sorry, we're correcting the tenses that the find and search thing missed or that it messed up. But as we do this, as we read what we've we fixed, then you can see exactly what I'm talking about um, in the overuse of pronouns. And I'm also going to be marking out some that I feel we could replace or delete without losing any clarity. And once we've read through this and we get a sense of what we're dealing with, then we're going to move on to step five, which is line editing, and that's the next one. So that's our little discussion about proper nouns and pronouns. And here we go to the text. If you're watching this on screen, the verbs that I converted from uh, present tense to past are all highlighted in blue. And some of the words are not maybe not verbs, I don't know, because I'm really bad with the grammar thing, but they were tenses that I also changed. Um, red is going to mark out the uh, pronouns that I felt we could delete, and all the light, um, the vibrant blue, are words that got messed up or didn't get corrected or fixed as we went along. And for those who are not watching, I'm going to point them out as we go. Let me ask a, a, a clarification question, because I'm looking at a lot of um, red pronouns here. Are you mm -hmm. saying that the, all of those can be deleted? Deleted or written around. Okay. And when we get into line editing, you will see how I've done it. Okay. So she grabbed the phone on the third ring and turned off the burner, leaving her chicken breast in the skillet and hoping it was her friend Fiona calling to arrange the pedicure she bought for her recent, bought her for her recent 40th birthday. She narrowed her eyes to see her refurbished iPhone screen, but it was a blur. Where were her reading glasses? She hated talking on the phone. Please let it be, Fiona. It wasn't. Now, in that first paragraph, I highlighted out four hers that I felt could be removed or written around, leaving her chicken breast. That one's really easy. The. Hoping it was her friend, Fiona. We don't have to say that it's her friend. We just say Fiona, hoping it was Fiona. The rest is implied. She narrowed her eyes to see her refurbished iPhone screen. The second her is easy, the. She narrowed her eyes to see the refurbished iPhone screen. But she narrowed her eyes, she squinted. It was funny, when I was looking at this, I saw those, and I'm like, how are you going to replace those? But then when you were reading it out loud, my mind was, was deleting them or converting them, and it, 
it, it, just interesting to me the difference in just seeing it on the page and hearing it. And when you hear it, then you just hear the her, 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 her. Oh, and I'm also like, her, her. <laughs> <laughs> well, there may have been a slight emphasis there. <laughs> um, I highlighted out in here yellow, please let it be Fiona. And I did that because we just converted this from first, per, first present to third past. And yet that one line is still in first present. And that's because it's inner dialogue, direct inner dialogue, um, as if somebody was speaking. And that's how it goes. It, it, it reverts like that. So I left it and I just pointed it out so that people could see it as here's an example of, you know, one of those things that you're like, wait a minute, how is this done? So after Please Let It Be Fiona, it wasn't Are You Ready to Meet Someone? Now, anybody who's heard this show for a million times knows automatically what I'm going to say to that. Disembodied voice. So we're going to fix that up later. It was her sister, her four years older, but thinks she's 100 years wiser than her sister, Elaine Colling. Now, that's quite a mouthful, but also I want to point out this word thinks that's in there. Her four years older, but thinks she's 100 years wiser. I didn't catch that in the first round because of the way this sentence is structured, but that should be thought to truly convert it to past tense. Um, and it gets fixed up later. Now, at the beginning of the sentence, it says it was her sister, her four years older, but thinks. So we've got two hers back to back, bang, bang. And one of them can get deleted. And I'll show you how I did that in the line editing. So it was her sister Elaine calling. She always neglected the opening line pleasantries like hello and how are you? Tilly, she said. She grimaced. Elaine knew that she'd despised this nickname since childhood. Her name was Tilka and she loved it. It was one of the few things her mom ever got right if you asked her. Tilly sounded like the name of a Walt Disney character, a horse in a children's film. She'd objected to the name Tilly as a child. So did her sister really think she liked it better now that she was grown? Hardly. It's me, she continued. Sorry I missed your birthday last week. So you'll notice in that little segment that we just read, there's so many she's. Because in, in first person you can say I. So it's really clear who's speaking in first person when it's I, this, she, that. But now everything is she. So it's she, 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 her, her, she. And you're like, wait, who, what, who, who? So that is an example of how overuse of pronouns just, it, it, in this instance here, it looks ridiculous. I'm sorry, my apologies to the author. I'm not mocking the author, I swear. Um, it's, it's something that when you're writing in first person, you cannot see it because you're relying on the use of I. And when you convert it, you're like, no way. So that's how making a conversion can show the weakness of pronouns. So it's me, she continued. Sorry, I missed your birthday last week. Not a problem, she told her. She chewed the cuticle of her right thumb. I mean, yes, it was my 40th birthday, and those big birthdays don't come around all the time. And I'm your only sister with an August birthday, mind you, but it's no biggie. 
Elaine ignored her jab. Now I have the her right there highlighted in red because it doesn't need to be her. Elaine ignored the jab. Are you ready to meet someone yet? Because I think I've got a lead. She had to laugh. After 15 years as a single mother of two girls, she was plenty used to getting help meeting a man. But of her three sisters, Elaine might have, might have just been the least qualified to provide said help. In the conversion, I had to add a word. I, 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 I greened it out here. Elaine might have just been the least qualified because it wouldn't have read properly um, changing the tenses. So that's why that is what it is. Least qualified to provide said help. As a teenager, Elaine married a welder, 20 years her senior, who looked like Ronald McDonald. When that union folded, she'd traded him in for a man she'd told the family about only after she'd married him. So in this particular sentence, when that union folded, she'd traded him in for a man she'd told the family about only after she'd married him, I bolded out two of those sheets because I missed those the first time around. Because... This person is is flashing back. It's it's a it's a past past within a past, and it's really easy to miss that she, it doesn't hit your ear the same way when you say when that union folded, she treated him in for a man she told the family about. It sounds okay. I'm you know a copy editor might come in behind me and say no, just she without the sh the past tense was correct in this case in which I stand corrected. But to my ear, I should have changed it. So I did in this second round. Um, and then at the end of this sentence where it says she told the family about only after she'd married him, him is a pronoun we can remove. We already know she married him. We don't need to say it. So she told the family only about only after she'd married, period. You'll love him, she'd assured each of them individually. He likes to embellish. So you don't want to believe everything he says, but he's good to me. So um, in this sentence, we had them. And I. it was one of those things where, all right, it's dialogue. And the dialogue is first person, present tense. But what about words like them? Because the original was, she'd assured each of us individually. So it had to be converted to third per a third person way of speaking. And so those are the things that were trickier for me is like, wait, which way is this supposed to go? That was what she thought about while she was talking, that and their tenuous history together. Elaine was the sister who intervened when she was in the eighth grade and her mom left Alaska, trailing her final husband as he fled legal troubles. Her other sisters were already grown and on their own. Still in her late teens, Elaine's fierce loyalty to her was compromised by her natural need to rebel and have fun. Now, I read it out that her because, again, it's implied who the loyalty is to. So we could just remove it. Still in her late teens, Elaine's fierce loyalty was compromised by her natural need to rebel and have fun. It meant that she was left in various sketchy situations in studio apartments with her and her rough-around-the-edges friends. It meant that they spent money she earned waitressing on fun nights at the bowling alley instead of groceries. At the time, she had simply wished for a nice foster home. Ever since then, she'd remained wary of Elaine's help, wary yet weighted by indebtedness. So again, 
this this telling, um, this reminiscing, I guess we could say, of the character, it becomes very confusing who all these she's were. And that, again, is the weakness of relying on I to separate one from the other. I'm serious, she said. He's a really nice guy. She took this with a grain of salt. Elaine was the only sister she had who, and I scratched out the word has, because the original said Elaine was the only sister she had who had failed. We didn't need that anymore. Elaine was the only sister she had who failed to recognize that their family was relationally handicapped. The rest of them accepted it as a basic truth. And given Elaine's need to help her, she worried that her lack of insight into her shortcomings would become her problem. So the pronouns here, again, make it really confusing without the clarification. I also deleted, uh, uh, read it out, one of the hers where, and given Elaine's need to help her, we don't need it. And given Elaine's need to help. So she decided to go along with it for a moment for her own amusement. I read it out her own. It's not necessary. We already know whose amusement it is. She decided to go along with it for a moment for amusement. And how do you know him? Do you remember my neighbor, Judy, who owns the farm next to mine? This is um, this my, I highlighted my, do you remember my neighbor, Judy, who owns the farm next to mine? That was a funny one because I changed all the my's to her uh, in that automatic process. So now I'm reading it and I'm like, do you remember her neighbor, Judy? And I'm like, wait a minute, what did the original <laughs> say there? And I had to go back and look it up and then fix it to make sure I got it right. Do you remember my neighbor, Judy, who owns the farm next to mine? She asked, clearly excited to have her attention. Not at all. Well, anyway, she said, undeterred, it's her younger brother, Jim. So how will this work? You think he'll fly all the way up to Alaska to meet me, which used to say her, to meet her, <laughs> to meet me for coffee sometime? Because I don't eat whole meals with strangers. I don't want to feel indebted if he pays, and I don't want to go Dutch treat because I'm too broke. Elaine hesitated a beat. Sure, she said, uncertainly. He travels all over the world. He'd come to Alaska, no problem. Wow. So outside of travel, what was it you thought he and I have in common? Pregnant pause. She chortled. Don't tell me this is another one of those I know a single male and you're a single female, so you should meet sort of thing. Well, she said, her voice shrinking. He's not quite single yet. He's going through a hideous divorce right now. He married a woman he dated for years, and then she filed for divorce after only a few months. She's taking him to the cleaners. Excellent, she replied acidly. He's married stupid and poor. What a catch. Gee, thanks. When did you meet him? She baited her. She hated herself for this. Why was it she could tolerate so much from people in every other station of her life, but for her sister, she became an ass? Her cuticle was now bleeding. Karma. Definitely karma. So I, I read it out, the she and the her outside of baited, because I just felt like that could be rewritten to avoid both of those. We'll see if I actually successfully did or not, because I don't remember. And that's <laughs> the end of that piece that um, we're going to work on. I like the way you ended that with a cliffhanger, saying that, that we'd have to tune in next week to see whether you were successful <laughs> with that. Nice job. 
I know that some of the things I highlighted out, I I just left as they were originally, and um, I'll, I'll hopefully remember it when we get to the next part. This is really fun. I mean, this is this is an interesting process to go through. It's been interesting for me, and um, I hope that I never have to do it. But now that I have done it, I kind of have a sense of what would need to be done to pull it off. Okay, again, the video. If you're not watching the video, you can go back and watch the video on at, at Taylor's Patreon page, patreon.com slash Taylor Stevens. While you're there, if you're not already a patron, consider signing up to support the kind of work that goes into developing these shows because this takes a lot of time, and it we does. appreciate it. It takes a lot of time, <laughs> yes. All right, so thank you so much for listening. We will be back with part three of this series, the line editing part of this, next week. Part four. Part. Yes, part four of this series. Oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> and line editing is going to be really fun. So you guys should come back next week and spend it with us. Woohoo! Thank you. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. Bye.